This is the Authority Partners Podcast. Welcome to the Authority Partners Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about very interesting subject, which is college admission process in the U.S. and the future of education. Today, in our studio, we have Emir Karabek and Greg Kaplan. Uh, hello, guys. Welcome to Authority Partners Podcast. Hi, guys. How are you? Thanks so much for having us. Thank you for being with us. The college admission process in the U.S. is long and difficult and very expensive, and the admission rates for college and universities kind of dropped significantly over the past 10 to 20 years. The solution can be the artist, and the, we would love to hear from both of you who made this great idea what the artist is. Before we go into the subject, I would just would like to ask you to introduce yourself to the audience a bit. Emil, can we start from you. I'm a senior, or I just uh, graduated from high school. Uh, I'm going to college next year at the University of California, Berkeley to study computer science. Two years ago, I uh, founded a cryptocurrency mining startup and have been running it basically since that time until this past year. Um, to switch full-time to artists. But my background is that I've been coding in native applications and I've been involved with uh, computer programming for uh, over two years now. And last year when I decided it was time to start getting my applications ready to apply to college, um, I was shopping around for some college counselors in Newport Beach where we live. And when I was talking to some of my friends and, and, uh, and people that I know and trust, they were all referencing me this one person, and they said, oh, you got to talk to this guy, Greg Kaplan, he's the best in the area. And so I came to him for a consult and told him my background, and he said, oh, I have this great idea about college admissions um, to revolutionize this process for everyone, not just the people that can afford it. And since then, Greg and I have been working together. Great. Greg, how about yourself? My journey to this college admissions space started when I was in high school, which seems like a long time ago now. Uh, we moved to a, a specific, the best public high school in San Diego because my parents thought it would help me on the journey to college and there was no help whatsoever. So I developed my own strategy to earn admission to several uh, Ivy League universities and other selective schools. I ended up studying finance at the University of Pennsylvania and went to work on Wall Street after I graduated. I didn't love being a banker, but I was invited to several senior bankers' homes for dinner to give their kids pep talks on how to earn admission. And along the way, people would always ask, you should write what you're telling my kid into a book. And that kept happening over and over. And when I enrolled in law school, I actually ended up writing a book about the college admission space called Earning Admission. And uh, from there, people who read the book would inquire about working with me as a counselor. And my business uh, took off um, pretty much overnight. We work with hundreds of families throughout the world now on the college admission space, um, you know, navigating this process. But my goal has always been to use technology to make this process more accessible, not just those that can spend hundreds or thousands of dollars uh, for outside help, but, you know, to the whole world uh, for people who want to, tailor this process to their to their long-term goals. And that's the idea of Artists, which is a um, the first platform that is ta uh, providing advice and guidance and personalized and structured feedback to make the most of this journey. And when I met Amir, I, I saw his 
not just his perspective of navigating it, but the potential to partner with him and, and, and make a platform that would support families through every step of this process. And that's where we are today. What does the college admission process in the U.S. look like right now? I mean, is it, sure. is it still very firm and complicated and it's, pretty much not useful? <laughs> I don't want to say it's not useful because if done correctly, the process does foster self-reflection, asking students to think of their goals and reasons for going to college. The problem with college admissions today in the United States is that many schools that families or students seek to enroll in have 5% acceptance rates, receives over 100,000 applicants for just 5,000 spots. So mm -hmm. a lot of schools are hyper-competitive. And then across the board, the increase in tuition and costs have far outstripped inflation. The, a, a private university in the United States for four years including room and board, can cost north of $300,000. And public universities, on average, cost over $100,000 for, for four years. So the uh, education's always been seen as the um, great equalizer in American society, but the truth of the matter is that it's out of touch for most Americans and most people around the world. And so it's really important to have a plan to navigate it to earn scholarships and also make sure that students are earning admission to the schools that are right for them, given the high cost. And uh, Amir, what actually inspired you to develop the artist? The initial idea came from Greg, but at first I, I didn't quite understand the true value of the application itself until I went through the process. Um, and so as I was navigating the process, I realized I was writing about, on average, uh, three to five essays for each school that I was applying to. And I applied to about 20 schools. Mm -hmm. If you do the math, that's about 60 to 100 essays I had to write for each uh, in total for all universities. Uh, and that doesn't include, you know, the cost of uh, submitting your applications, the time and energy spent researching the colleges themselves. So when Greg came to me with this idea back last year in May or June of 2019, I figured, um, you know, it's an interesting idea without even knowing what the space uh, really was all about. And then when I went through the process myself, I understood, wow, this is this needs to happen immediately. So Greg and I put out an MVP of the application last year during the admission cycle around September. Uh, and then January, we decided to partner with Authority Partners. We've been happily working with them ever since to develop the application into mm -hmm. what it is today. And what's the future of the application? What will be like, the impact on uh, college admission versus kind of following the trends of education system. The future of artists is truly the marketplace of all things education. It's supporting students all the way from a very young age and then through college or through whatever education that is coming. Um, I think Greg and I will, will get a bit into this, but I think with these low admission rates, these extremely high price tags, we're going to see a lot of shift in the culture of education in the United States. A lot of people are going to start doing you know, prep schools that only last three months, but you can get a job in computer science with a starting salary of 80,000 instead of spending 100,000 over four years just to get that college experience. So I think the future of artists is really supporting students throughout their whole learning process. And our mission is to really lead students towards a path of fulfillment 
through learning. Learning isn't the objective. The objective is really fulfillment and learning is the process in which to do it. And Greg, what would this kind of application would do for education system and admission system if it existed like 10 years ago? It's to provide guidance to help students discover who they are and what their passions are and then give them the support that they need to create compelling applications to the schools that are great fits for them. So today, you, you were, we've been referencing these statistics, 5% acceptance rates, $300,000 price tags. But the truth of the matter is, in schools where you would expect to see this advice, it's non-existent. In California, where we're based, the typical guidance counselor has a, in a public school, has over 1,000 students assigned to them. So most students, um, only over 60% of students report receiving no college admissions advice in high school. And those lucky few that do receive on average less than 39 minutes of advice over all four years of high school. And in such a high stakes process, a lot of students are getting left behind. So as we transition to remote learning or the continuation of remote learning due to COVID, we expect these statistics to be exacerbated. And we think that artists is a, a valuable tool for students and schools alike to get expert advice at a very low cost that um, is accessible to all, given that there is uh, a complete abdication of any guidance in, the, in, in, this, uh, in this process. How will the education system change over the next 10 to 15 years if the application is in place and used? Our, our goal is... I mean, how do you see the future with the artists? We, we hope that artists is a launching pad for students and their families to treat the college admissions process and just their education in general as an opportunity to discover what fulfills them. And we are hoping that by emphasizing a path for students to understand what motivates them, the cost of a college education, the writing process, that they'll gain the skills to actually be healthy, happy, and financially independent adults. So this is not just about getting into Harvard or Stanford. This is about setting students up for the long term and uh, for their fulfillment. And we hope that artists will add to making this process healthier than it is currently, where it's very high stress and, and high competition, but rather empowering students to create their own path and make the most of it. Can these changes apply internationally on the global scope? Anyone can download artists. It's not just for people in the United States, but in Europe and, and elsewhere, the college admissions process, depending on the country, can be highly competitive and uh, and more focused on, on entrance exams. But um, the costs are typically much, much lower for public universities and students tend to live at home in college as opposed to um, on a college campus. So uh, what we expect is that uh, across the globe in this global workforce that we're in and, and telecommuting is that, that students across the world are going to have to understand how their education sets themselves up for the long term. And we think that artists should be a, um, a solution for that. Um, it may be more relevant in some countries than others, but the United States is still the number one international destination for higher education. Whether that remains true over the next 10 to 20 years, we will see. 
But I do think there is a, a much more larger global conversation due to globalization about what skills, what experiences do I need as a, as a young person to be competitive in a, in a global workforce and to kind of carve out my own niche. And it's pretty hard, especially nowadays, to kind of anticipate your future career. Like it's really a question like how many careers in one life we can have because of the adaptation, because of the change, um, everyday change in the world and, and the needs of the industries, different industries, especially nowadays, when we can see that people adapted to, to uh, work from home and lots of them were not happy. Suddenly it's proven that lots of stuff can be done from home. What really interests me, and it's a question for both, who are your stakeholders? Who and what needs to be changed in order for these changes, like in college admission and higher education, to take place? Who are the crucial people and what are the crucial changes? I, I, I'd say the main stakeholders um, that are really holding this process back is, is, the, is the culture. Um, I think there needs to be some kind of a cultural shift for students to realize that there are alternate paths on the way towards success. Um, I think in the United States right now, there's a big, very big stigma for, for the majority of the population to say, or, or at least half, to, to say, after I finish high school, I'll go to college, I'll go to either um, a two-year school and then transfer to a four-year, or I'll go to a four-year university. And, and I think this, um, this pathway um, has been paved out over, over hundreds of years, really, the, this, this cycle of education uh, in our culture. But I think once people... Uh, once the industry really starts developing their roots in uh, online education, so if you look at like coding schools online or or these schools that you know are, are specified in, in in aviation, these schools don't last four years. Uh, they're much less expensive, and on the bright side, um, you can get into the workforce much sooner than you can typically with a regular college experience. So I think one of the main factors is is the cultural shift that needs to happen. I think. What we're going to see is a reckoning within the higher education space as is one third of private universities and in, in the United States, there's both private and public schools. There isn't necessarily a distinction in terms of quality um, elsewhere in the world. Sometimes the private universities are far superior. Sometimes it's the public that are far superior, but here it's mixed. And um, one third of private universities are at risk of closure due to falling enrollments right now. And I think COVID and this changes to the American economy and potential international demand for American degrees will act as a catalyst to speed that up. I think we need a better system of identifying and letting schools communicate with prospective students and having students recognize their paths uh, through these schools. But one thing I would say, and that Amir is intimately familiar with ha having applied as a computer science major is you have schools uh, that are at risk of closure that offer degrees that there's just no demand for. And mm -hmm. this isn't trying to poo-poo on a liberal arts or humanities degree, but we have schools that computer science business nursing programs are so overly impacted that at admissions rate, is 10 times lower for computer science than say a history degree. I think these universities really need to take a step back and ask themselves, who do they serve and, and what is their aim? It's not necessarily for the professors and their um, their lifestyles and their endowments. It's if they're in the, the business of 
educating and preparing young people for the future, they need to adapt. And mm -hmm. so it's really frustrating as someone who's worked in this space for um, several years that students will say, you know, I really want to go to school with X or Y program. And there'll be, there's 2000 colleges in the United States. And sometimes I struggle to find schools or identify schools that are great fits for them based on where they want to live mm -hmm. or the type of setting when you could have 30 colleges in Los Angeles and only six or seven offer computer science or business. I think that's wrong. And is there some really good and solid dialogue between the job market and academia? Is, yeah. is there like a, somebody to moderate this really important dialogue? You know, not as much as there should be. Uh, some of the very large employers like um, the accounting service firms that have now evolved into just enormous companies that offer all different types of um, professional services, they are communicating with colleges as to the skills they expect. But what you're noticing that uh, pre-COVID, Amir mentioned aviation programs. Uh, the United States is not was not producing enough pilots. Um, and, there, and you can study aviation as a college degree. Um, a lot of the airlines were creating their own pilot schools to circumvent the fact that schools are not adapting. So I do think employers, large enough ones that um, carry enough weight uh, are, but there are a lot of political considerations that go into what colleges teach and how they teach. And I think uh, due to um, political pressure and, and unions and the way funding is in this country that uh, they're not as responsive to the world and colleges need to adapt or they risk their own survival. And some schools are, but I don't think they're, um, they're, there's enough focus on what comes next. And I say this having gone to law school, the, the model of law, studying law in this country is not to train you how to practice, but to teach you how to think like a lawyer. And I think that sounds amazing. But if a student's going to go spend $300,000 to go to law school, shouldn't they know how to do their job? Or if I'm going to pay a lawyer a starting salary of who knows what, hundred? let's just make up a number, $100,000, shouldn't they know how to do their job on day one? And law schools have not adapted mm -hmm. at all. The, we, we teach you how to think like a lawyer. That's just not enough. That's an interesting point. I mean, from the perspective of, of younger generations, somebody who's now choosing, uh, make, make, making a choice, what will be their path in life? What will be their profession? How does the entire system of education in the U.S. looks like at this moment? What about the others? Are people confused where to study, what to study, and how to choose their future career in education? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And, and absolutely, I would say the majority uh, of people I know uh, that are entering college right now aren't entirely sure what they want to do. Um, I don't think anyone has pinpoint exactly, maybe a few people that I know, like myself, has pinpointed exactly what they want to do. Um, many people might be entering an industry that they say, I'm familiar with, uh, but have no background. And on average, college student will change their major three times over the course of four years. So definitely there's a lot of uncertainty and students are honestly just unprepared for this next four years of their life, which is why you see such low retention rates. The national average for freshmen dropping out of a four-year university is about 20%. So if a fifth of the entire class is, is leaving because of um, you know, they're uncertain about what they want to do, they're not sure that they fit in the right place, clearly there's, there's something wrong with the system that prepares them for college. Are they taking sabbaticals and then going back to like 
trying to kind of make maybe some get some experience uh like direct experience working um maybe as an interns and then go back to the college and what they do i mean like if they drop out of the college then like are they coming back once Often, they kind of realize what they really want to do in their yeah. life yeah the graduation rate for six years after entering college is is much higher than the graduation rate for four years it's still relatively low lower than you might expect however the students that are leaving college their freshman year greg can probably speak from from more uh understanding of the industry but i, I would say that more often than not they're trying to discover themselves and find out what truly interests them and excites them because they're just not ready to to be in that situation at 18 years old. Well, but that is a tough choice when you have 18 years because Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can change your ways and directions so many people and especially like in Europe, uh the problem is with the system that kind of drives you to do your masters just right after university degree, so in lots of cases people would do different choice uh in five or 10 years. So they're ending up kind of with lots of education, but a little bit of working experience in the specific area. Greg, is that kind of the same in, in the US? Is it similar? Uh, I think more students take a break between their undergraduate degree and their master's. I think the problem you face here in America is that the costs are so high that there's less of a push to directly enroll in a master's. And the labor market because there's such a disconnect between what people study and where the jobs are that a lot of people who have undergraduate degrees in fields that are just not marketable they do have to pivot later in life we really need to kind of streamline this process and and encourage students not to see their education disconnected from the real world but how every step at, even at a young age leads to something bigger so um, I, I would say when you asked earlier about the stakeholders is mm -hmm. I don't know if everyone ever sits down. You have a high school teacher or, or people in the high school administration with college and employers that are actually hiring and say, how do we develop the next set of, you know, leaders for tomorrow that and this continuation. So I think, you know, there needs to be a streamlining of this process and make sure that everyone's aligned. I think it's very fragmented and that's where the um the disconnect stems from and that's what we are trying to do with artists is provide that support our goal with the the platform is not just to help kids get into college but uh we want to grow with our users and continue to offer this support to make sure that they're progressing towards that uh long-term goal whatever that may be emir uh did you talk a thought about uh building artists did you talk about like you're going to change basically something that that's pretty much same for years and it's really important uh, issue in in the, in the entire country have you thought about it like in a way that you're making something the, the product that will change the the generations definitely. definitely um i think the the biggest thing um that for me to develop artists when i when i came on board last year uh was that the app was in a going towards a direction of um advice and so it, it was advising students based on, it, it was customizable advice based on who the student is and what they're doing. I decided to, you know, see if we can take it one step further and develop a product that really, 
interacts with the user and follows their progress throughout the admission cycle and, and throughout really their whole education. So I think when I came on, it was a lot of advice and we, we try to switch that to more task oriented. And I think the long goal for the product of artists to really revolutionize this process is that you have to keep users accountable. Um, that's the number one thing that um, I think developers think about uh, when they're when they're looking at a product is that, you know, how do you constantly and, and, and consistently and efficiently track what the user's doing and develop based on their needs. And so uh, we developed a lot of systems in place to create continuous feedback loops to understand what their user's doing and, and further integrate into their lives. I'm sure in later versions of the application, there's going to be students that are going to input their classes or they're going to be able to connect with other college counselors or, or people in their community that are applying to the same schools and create this network uh, of college admissions. But we're not there yet, but we're on the way to um, to revolutionizing that process. Basically, you're changing a culture. It's what we it's what we hope to do. Uh, yeah. I, I think I think we're not changing the culture. I think the culture is changing itself, and, and we're in the right position to to take advantage of that change. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Right, Greg? Would you like to add, add anything? The cost and the acceptance rates and the um, just the nature of how work is changing, I think, is going to force a reckoning, and and we hope to not necessarily drive that but to, to to foster it and to and to contribute to it um there's so much inequity in education that this levels the playing field and allows more people to make the path that works for them than, than we've done our job and we've done it well so um we we do hope to definitely contribute to making this a healthier process and more focused on the long term but um you know there's so many stakeholders involved that um you know we just really hope to you know open people's eyes. That's great. That's I and I really congratulate you to you both uh, for this developing this great idea and I'm sure this will be helpful for many students as we said not only in the US but uh, other other parts of the world as well. Yeah, absolutely. I just like to say, you know, it, it's been a long journey and we're very thankful um, for authority partners to be um, you know, contributing to our journey. Um, we're extremely happy with with our team and uh, we've done some great work together. So we're very happy to progress forward um, and develop out the best product to change lives as possible. And I'll add to what Amir just said as the non-tech person on the artist team, uh, that it does feel like a, um, a partnership where I, um, in working with authority partners, having actual idea generation and uh, people we work with that are committed to making our product strong as possible and embody our mission. It's, um, I've worked with other developers in the past and agencies, and this is uh, unlike any of those experiences in, in such a positive way. So I'm incredibly grateful for the, um, the ideas, the, the energy and the creativity that, uh, that we uh, interact with every day. Great, thank you for this wonderful experience and uh, thank you for being a part of Authority Partner Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Authority Partners Podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode.